0: faithfulness is a shield and an armor we're going to spend a little bit of time uh, today but also throughout the course of the year uh, reflecting on that a, a bit more but as we do so before we get to that i want to talk a little bit about lists you guys have probably had a few lists already just in the short uh, week that we've had right you got your class list i'm sure you have that memorized and then for each of those classes you got your book list I'm sure you purchased all of those books you got your shopping list of all the things you need to get uh, your life in order and, uh, or to get dorms ready and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you always have your daily to-do list. Our, our lives are filled with lots of lists. And while it may not necessarily seem like it'd make the most uh, exciting of uh, devotions, I'm going to start with a list. It's just a list. From Joshua chapter 20. Starting in verse 7. It says, So they set apart Kadesh and Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, and Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. And beyond the Jordan east of Jericho, they appointed Bazer in the wilderness on the table land from the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the stranger, so- sojourning among them. As a cities of refuge. So it's just a list. It's a list with uh, cities that we haven't even really probably heard much about that seem to exist in a history from far, far ago. But I want to set the scene for you of what kind of was going on in the midst of that text being written. Here's, here's the history God's people had been enslaved in Egypt for generations and generations. Right? And then if we've seen the Prince of, uh, Prince of Egypt, right? That animated film, that's where we get our history from. Uh, is, uh, right? The story goes that Moses was sent by God to go into uh, Egypt and to go to Pharaoh and say, right, let my people go. And so finally after plague, after plague, after plague, after plague, finally Pharaoh re- relents and he lets God's people go. And when they are gone, he changes his mind and he goes to pursue them. Right? And God protects them, and He splits the Red Sea, and they walk across it. In the midst of that, here's what the people of Israel do. In all the times when God has freed them, and shown His presence amongst them, and delivered them all these myths, they complain and say, right, Did God just end up sending us here to die? In the midst of all those activities, Moses now goes up onto Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. That is God's way of saying, Here is my promise to be a God with you at all times and all situations. And here is how it is that you can live amongst yourselves in a relationship with me in a way that will make things better for you as a community. And while all that's going on, down at the bottom of the mountain, the people have kind of forgotten God and they've made a golden image that they're all worshiping. And then they're in the middle of the wilderness and they're saying, well, God's left us here to die. He doesn't even give us food and so he has bread-like stuff Called manna that falls from the heavens and water that he makes to come out of steaming in the middle of nowhere to take care of and nourish his people, and then he brings them to the promised land that he had said he was going to bring them to. This milk that is described as being flowing with milk, uh, this land being described as being flowing with milk and honey. And he, they send some spies in to go check it out, and those spies come back and ten out of the twelve say, "Yeah, there's big scary people in there. We don't want to go in there." And so they decide not to, and so God says, you know what, these people aren't ready to be my people and to live in the promise that I have in store for them. So a whole generation is left to wander the wilderness, and then we get to the point where finally Moses has now passed away, Joshua has taken leadership, Joshua has led them into the promised land, and God has given them this land in all of its possession as inheritance to them, and they are settling into that area, and then we come to this verse with this list. And here's the picture, if you can visualize a map for me. We've got the Sea of Galilee, which thousands of years after all this, we know Jesus spent his time, and he, he walked on that sea, and he was fishing on that sea, and all kinds of stuff took place with the disciples. And then you've got the, the Jordan River that flows down, and we can think of John the Baptist and all the baptisms that were being done in, in that place. And then we've got the Dead Sea at the bottom of it. And, and that is the central point of this land, where these six cities surround this place that within that region, scattered all abroad and throughout, there are these cities of refuge. This list, Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron, Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan. Spread all out over the promised land, intended to be an ever-present help in trouble. You see, it's a strange list to those of us who are unfamiliar with these sorts of pieces. But there was this understanding that was taken in place with regards to A blood avenger. Here's how the history went about. If someone were to take the life of another, then the family of that person who had lost their life was in full right to select someone in the family and say, you're the blood avenger. Go and avenge the death of our family member and take that person's life. Full and right. And where are our cross-country runners? Where are they? I there we are. Right there. That's who would get selected, because there is no running from them. <laughs> right? They, you will get tired far earlier than they will, and then you will be weak, and they will be not, and uh, you won't stand a chance. Alright? That's who the family's going to send out after you. Now, it all seemed to work fine and well. It's not a very a great system. But see, if you were on the run in ancient Israel... This list meant everything. Because this is the possibility to have refuge and seek in the midst of running away from that situation. You see, we take a look and we say, well, there's obviously problems with all this. What happens when there's a, an accidental death? And, and Scripture talks about that, right? Two men are out and chopping down wood and the axe flies off the handle and kills the man. Well, then what then? It wasn't his fault. Well, when things like that happen, run to a city of refuge. Have your case heard. Find yourself in safety. You see, we would say, well, that, all that stuff isn't fair. There, it was an accident. And admittedly, see, this is a broken system. The problem is no one else knew what to do. No one else that is except for the God of Israel who said, I'm going to put a city of refuge in place because at my heart, I am a God of refuge. I want to function as an ever-present help in trouble. There's a hymn that was penned years and years ago that, that says that the old satanic foe has sworn to work us woe. With craft and dreadful might, he arms himself to fight, and on earth, he has no equal. See, the comparison is we take a look at the scriptures that the avenger of blood, Satan himself, comes to kill and to steal and destroy. And we can see him in the rearview mirror. and We can feel his hot breath behind us. And so we know what it's like to run and to run for our lives. You see, the the tempter is chasing after us. And here's what he screams. He says, whatever it is you want to do, Just do it. You have some anger? Act it out. You have some sexual fantasies? Go ahead, full throttle. You have some gossip? Let it fly. And the deceiver continues with these words. There are no limits, no consequences, no responsibilities. I mean, really, who's going to know? It's not that big of a deal. So get behind the wheel, it's only been a few drinks. Academic dishonesty? I mean, look, if you fail, then you're going to know what a blood avenger is when your parents come calling. (laughs) It's legalized in other states. They just don't want you to have any fun. You know, what she doesn't know won't hurt her. See, with voices like that, we violate our bodies, our consciences, We violate code of ethics. We violate the reputation of others. We violate the bodies of others. We violate life. And Jesus has given us a warning. He said, I know you guys want to make it down to a list of things that you can all handle and take care of, but I'm telling you the truth. If a person looks lustfully after another, they've committed adultery. Tell you the truth, you speak a word of hate towards another, you have committed murder. You see, you spend so much time worrying about what goes on with some people's behaviors, what it is they might put into their bodies as being what it is that defiles and makes a person filthy. But I know the heart of man, and it's what's in the heart. Of each of you that is filthy and unclean. You can walk through the scriptures and it says, look, all have sin. And that the wages of sin is death. Go to James where it says, you know, if you've broken one, you've broken them all. But that voice speaks as a voice of truth in order to call and invite us back to the refuge that is the Almighty God. But too often we ignore that voice and we we hear the other voice of the tempter and the deceiver. And our own sinful flesh is all too willing to comply. And so we give in to temptations and deceptions. And then in the final move, the accuser plants his foot upon our necks and says, now that you said this, thought this, done this, drunk this, smoked this, seen this, God is finished with you. See, our text speaks of a refuge for those who kill accidentally, unintentionally, without premeditation. And yet when we're honest, we know that That doesn't necessarily apply to us. For countless times, we have sinned intentionally with premeditation, with malicious forethought. But what hope do we have? See, it makes us easy prey for the lion that is seeking to devour us. And Satan's strategy is clear, and there is a mess of bodies and broken lives, the corpses of failed people all around for us to see. Nobody knows what to do. Except for the God of Israel. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's in his heart to provide a city of refuge that is an ever-present help in trouble see, everything in the Old Testament, from the temples and the tabernacles, to the prophets and the priests, to the sacrifices and the scriptures, including even these cities of refuge, is to find fulfillment in him. The one similar to, yet greater than, any city of refuge. See, Jesus Christ is the full expression of God's heart for a safe place, an asylum, a sanctuary, a harbor, a mighty fortress, a refuge, an ever-present help in trouble. From the first scriptures to the very last in Revelations 12, verse 10 and 11, where it talks about how the accuser of the brother Satan, the one who accuses them before God day and night, he has been hurled down. And so they have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. There's places where Martin Luther talks about this in very genuine ways where he could hear the voice of Satan saying these things and in the list of all these sins in confidence, in a hope that he had he would say, you got a problem with those? Well don't forget these and then take it up with Jesus because he took it on the cross. So this year let us run. Let us run not aimlessly not hopelessly, not desperately but let us run to the refuge Jesus Christ, who desires to meet us with his mercy, his love, and forgiveness. A list of six cities. Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron, Bezer, Ramoth. Oh, and it's just a list. Maybe in some ways that's a list like we have here at Concordia. Monday Chapel, Tuesday Chapel, Thursday Chapel, Shout, Friday Chapel, Sunday source. It's just a list. And often as we reflect upon this list, it often feel more like a to-do list. Things that need to be done in order to show ourselves of being worthy to God and doing the right kinds of things, but nothing could be further from the truth. Because it's a list of places that can serve like cities of refuge where our ever-present help in trouble meets us with the forgiveness, love, mercy, and salvation that was accomplished for us on a cross. And now I admit to the casual observer, it's just possibly a people gathering. People gather together and doing some kind of spiritual things. That the preaching is just kind of a whole bunch of words and sometimes a lot more words than we would like. And that sacrament of communion, well, it just seems to be bread and wine. And that thing that they call baptism, well, it just seems to be water. And if there are things about those experiences that you have questions about, we want you to ask those questions, because for those of us who who know and understand, it's something far different than that. To the baptized, to the instructed, to the repentant, to those who know what it's like to be tempted, deceived, accused, chased. Harassed, those of us who know to run this is refuge and suddenly the list is more than a list it's a gift and for us well it means everything in the name of jesus amen Will you join me in a word of prayer